Welcome back to My Spouse Made Me Watch It. I'm Justin. And I'm Katie. And we are married. Yay! (laughs) Uh, You seem very unamused. Which means there's lots of movies that we must force the other to watch. (laughs) And hey, that's the premise of this podcast. That is also the premise of marriage. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) So if you didn't know... Uh, My Spouse Made Me Watch It is a show where one of us selects a movie that the other person hasn't seen, and we make them watch it. But before we watch today's movie, we are going to find out what Katie knows about it. Katie, do you know what movie we're watching today? We are watching Inglorious Bastards today. That is correct. So, to start out, Katie, what do you know about Inglorious Bastards? Um, so it came out when I was in high school, and I feel like it was the movie that like all the guys were talking about and talking about wanting to punch Nazis, <laughs> but then are all probably Republicans now. <laughs> <laughs> You know that guy? Mm hmm. You know that guy in high school? Yeah, I was in college when, uh, as my freshman year of college, it was only a few months into college, maybe even just a month into college. And I was very excited to go see it. I think I saw it two or three times in theaters. Um, So, yes, it definitely was a phenomenon amongst guys in general i guess but like also a particular group of guys yeah (laughs) so um so what else do you know about it um so i know it's about um some people trying to assassinate i don't know if it's Hitler himself, the big guy himself, mm-hmm. or if it's just Nazis in general, if they're just on a, on a Nazi killing rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure between those two, but I, I know it's definitely a group of people who are trying to kill Nazis. Um, I'm not sure who these people are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Are they supposed to be Jewish? <laughs> I can't. I can't give if anything. If they're away. supposed to be Jewish, I don't understand why you would cast Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. He does not look anything like. <laughs> I don't know if I would say he doesn't look anything like a Jew, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he's like blonde and blue eyed. I would just, yeah, not that like all Jews have to look a certain way, <laughs> but if I'm making a movie, mm-hmm. I like maybe wouldn't cast somebody who looks so master racy as mm-hmm. <laughs> as my lead um, so what what kind of characters do you think like storylines like what how do you think the how do you think this all plays out how do i think this plays out um well it's a quentin tarantino movie so there's probably gonna be some gratuitous violence mm-hmm. probably gonna be some feet We might need to institute a foot count to go along with our (laughs) nipple count. (laughs) How many nipples are in this movie? (laughs) Is it more than the number of feet? Those are the real questions that I have. Mm -hmm. So I'll be coming back with a foot count. 
at the end of this movie. Uh, so I think it's going to be like, I, which I haven't really seen that many Quentin Tarantino movies. You've um, only seen one. I've seen Reservoir Dogs mm-hmm. and I've seen the Quentin Tarantino directed season finale of season five of CSI. <laughs> Grave <laughs> Danger. <laughs> A cinematic masterpiece from Mr. Tarantino. <laughs> Is that a very enjoyable episode? Oh, yeah. That's the one where uh, Nick gets buried alive and the ants, oh. the fire ants, start eating him. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, very good episode that of CSI. That is a very good episode. Would I rec- didn't know Quentin Tarantino directed that. <laughs> oh, I knew Quentin Tarantino directed that. It's part of my uh, extensive CSI knowledge. <laughs> it's true. Um, I loved a good procedural as a kid. Uh, so I think it's going to be, hmm, I'm trying to even remember like the plot of Reservoir Dogs. I mainly remember the dancing beating scene. The one where he cuts off the police officer's ear. Yeah. And he's like doing like a a little Paul Giamatti, Mr. Funny Bones around him while (laughs) (laughs) pretty sure that's where the inspiration was taken from. Uh, Do you remember structurally? how Reservoir Dogs is told, like the split chronology? Not really. I don't really remember anything about Reservoir Dogs, except for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, like, enjoying it fine. Like, it wasn't a movie I ever sought out to watch again, but I was, like, entertained Mm -hmm. the entire time I was watching it. So I think this one is going to be about a, like... I think it's going to be like a ragtag bunch. These aren't going to be like sleek, professional mm-hmm. Nazi hunters. These aren't going to be allied power assassins or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be, I think, just like a ragtag bunch. Uh, you know, Brad Pitt thinking he can do these things that he's not qualified to do as per usual. <laughs> In his movies. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Throwing a lot of shade all of a I, sudden. I don't like Brad Pitt. I don't like him. Why? I don't have as much of a dislike for him as I do of the Kloon, but he's like right under the Kloon. What what movies do you have a problem with? I just have a problem with his persona. <laughs> what does that I, I mean? I just don't like knowing that he's out there breathing the same air that I am. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just don't like Brad Pitt. Is can anybody else relate? He's... At us on Instagram. If you just don't like Brad Pitt, you don't really have a reason. But you or just George don't like, Clooney. Or George Clooney. You just don't like him. I have a reason for not liking George Clooney though. What's the reason? He creeps me out. <laughs> So you don't have any reasons for either of them that are found in like anything that they've done. It's not about their like ability. I mean, Brad Pitt did do Jennifer Aniston dirty, but that's not my issue with him. It's just icing on the cake. That's just like so typical Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like his face. I, I just feel his, I, I don't know. It's something I find the look of him very unappealing. Mm hmm. Maybe he like strikes me as kind of like a uh uh kind of like a Ted Bundy type. Like he's good looking, but he probably has like some skeletons or some dismembered prostitutes in his closet or something. Yeah. I don't know. Those <laughs> Have you ever seen Burn After Reading? 
No. We should. That's one of my favorite Brad Pitt roles. I have like explicitly avoided watching things with Brad Pitt in it pretty much my entire life. He's a good actor. I just can't get over his face. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Something about him is off-putting. Is, is this just recoiling to like the cultural like love of Brad love Pitt? of Brad Pitt in thinking that Brad Pitt is like the most attractive. I, I think there is a little bit of that of, of like you just in... being the <laughs> well, I just contrarian. Not to be contrarian, but <laughs> I think I just really don't like that like stereotypical, like overly chiseled, mm-hmm. like 90s sexiest man alive. Like we've talked about this. Like I liked John Krasinski way more when he was noodly than now that he's like a beefcake. But you love Leo. Oh, it's true. I feel like this is a whole <laughs> this is a whole different episode. The like why I like Leo and not Brad Pitt. Similar but different. I don't know. There's like a I don't know. I guess I shouldn't like Leo. He's he's gone a little like Wood, Woody Allen-y in his old age, a little R. Kelly. Not as explicitly, no, I, but he's dating he's, people in their twenties. He's like, dating very a lot younger than himself, so maybe he's getting a but little that's, R. Kelly was dating children. That's the difference. <laughs> that's, I don't I don't think it's fair to Leo to call it R. Kelly. <laughs> to lump him in with R. Kelly. <laughs> and Woody Allen married his stepdaughter. So like those are I I feel like lumping Leo, <laughs> who's just a rich bachelor that is dating 20 year old way models younger than himself maybe leo's going through some stuff and he just maybe he's having a little bit of arrested development he can't <laughs> he can't leave the 20 year olds behind and so with brad pitt like the way that i've heard it described many times is like brad pitt is a phenomenal character actor stuck in that stereotypical leading man body yeah and so, like, his acting abilities far for a long time in his career were far were better s- than the roles that... By his the roles he was being given. Right. He wasn't able to uh, really get his art out there. So, anyway, I guess that's enough about Brad Pitt. <laughs> Do you know anything else about this, this movie? Uh, well, I was going through my plot, my plot predictions. Oh, okay. Um, and then you called me out for throwing shade at Brad Pitt because I just don't like him. Um, so, yeah. So, a ragtag bunch who decides to kill some not Maybe by, like, some twist of fate, they're going to be somehow brought into, like, contact with some Nazis in a way that would make it conducive to murdering them. So, mm. they're like, hey, you know what? Like these Nazis are going to be around. Why don't we just take them out? Well, we got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a bunch of boobs kind of put together a plan uh, to kill some Nazis. And they probably succeed. Okay. That's what I got. That's a, That's the plot. <laughs> Do you know anybody else who's in this movie? Uh, Diane Kruger is in it. Mm-hmm. 
of uh national treasure of fame. national treasure fame <laughs> i i like that we're going to the same yes <laughs> we're drawing water water from the same well uh-huh. and apparently i i didn't mean to see this but as i was looking for my imdb review i saw that bj novak yep is in it um bj novak i think would play a brilliant nazi so i'm looking forward to uh, a brilliant nazi is he not a nazi he's clearly jewish <laughs> <laughs> He just seems so. Uh, I guess he does have that Jewish look. Maybe they should have swapped. Well, he Brad is Pitt Jewish, <laughs> but he also. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. He has like a very classically Jewish look too, with like the curly dark hair. Yeah. Um, but he also has just like such a uh, such a sinister plotting vibe to him. Mm-hmm. That feels very Nazi. <laughs> Yeah, he just has a, sinner- mm-hmm. a sinisterness to him that seems like he would be very good at playing a, a Nazi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I guess if I... Maybe I'll wait until I've seen the movie, but I, I would like to see it recast with, like, a, like a, like a Jonah Hill in the Brad Pitt role. <laughs> 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 I think that'd be a good uh, movie. <laughs> Jonah Hill's a, a very good actor. He's a good actor. All right. Does that do it for your predictions? Uh, I think so. I think those are my uh, predictions. Actually, let me see the cover art. Let's. We've gotten good things from the cover art in the past. All right. So. Oh, okay. Here is the interesting all right so we've got a uh (laughs) i saw that this bat said eisenberg on it i was like is jesse eisenberg uh so we've got a um a bloody bat so we're gonna get some bat beating so that that also you know tells me that my my prediction about it being Mm -hmm. just like a bunch of guys who decide to kill some Nazis and not like some trained assassins or like soldiers or anything. These are just going to be guys. Um, cause they're using bats to fight Nazis. Um, there's like a helmet and Brad Pitt is the only like build cast member on the front of it. Really? Let mm-hmm. me see. Just says Brad Pitt and glorious bastards. Wow. Diane Kruger national treasure. Wasn't enough to mm-hmm. pell her onto this cover. Um, in the back, what do we got here? We got Brad Pitt. Oh, he's got an interesting like neck scar. Yeah. What do I think that is about? Um, maybe he's like, what would that be from? Um, maybe somebody like attempted to hang him and he somehow escaped. Somehow. Um. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the cover art isn't really telling me a lot more about plot-wise, except for this uh, very interesting neck scar that Brad Pitt is working working with. So it was nominated for uh, eight Academy Awards. If you had to guess... W- if it if I told you that it only won one Academy Award but was nominated for eight, nominated for eight only won one. What do you think that one <laughs> award was for? Um, was it for Brad Pitt? 
Brad Pitt was not nominated. Okay. Yeah, as it should be. No, I'm kidding. I'll wait to st- I'll wait to throw that shade until I see him. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, what do I think it could win for? Uh, do you want to hear the categories? Directing. Sure. Tell me the categories it was nominated. Okay. In. Uh, best picture, director, supporting actor, screenplay, cinematography, film editing, sound editing, sound mixing. It. It, it was a more major award, not one of the, to help you narrow it down. Not, <laughs> not, not sound editing. <laughs> not sound editing or sound uh, mixing. I think it's going to be cinematography. Cool. All Very right. Cool. Good. We got some good predictions. We got some good predictions. Um, do you want to pull up an IMDb review? I do. Uh, so there's one here that oh here we go um so i like to go middle of the road on my on my star rating mm-hmm. uh but this one the title just kind of caught my eye it's a it's a two out of ten can't understand the hype brad pitt in worst shape ever <laughs> uh. uh so curious what that's about uh but as i like scan the review I, I don't understand what they're saying about about Mr. Pitt. Um, oh, I guess here it is. I don't know why they said in worst shape. Because this is about his acting. Brad Pitt really sucks and is completely outacted by Waltz. Never seen such a weak performance by Pitt. <laughs> Interesting. I always find it weird when, when reviews or things talking about movies <clears throat> talk about one actor being outmatched by the other one, uh-huh. like as if they're in some sort of comp- competition, not collaboratively working together mm-hmm. in a final piece, you know? Yeah, I, I think there is something about the not to the credit of this review um, of like certain actors, like just not vibing together. Mm-hmm. Like they're like styles or like something about the way they act, just not being compatible and then it seeming like one person's performance is like way outshining the other mm-hmm. when maybe if they if the casting was just more complimentary then it wouldn't seem like one person was like acting circles around the other um anyway so this person was not imp- i don't know why they chose to phrase it as pit in worst shape ever <laughs> uh, um, maybe just to get people to click on it maybe <laughs> what's that person's name that person's name is Philip Rogue, and he put this review out in 2009, so when the movie actually came out. Philip so, Rogue. That, All right. That we'll isn't s- the one I want to use, though, as my, like, oh. as my IMDb review. I just thought it was funny that he, like, called out Brad Pitt, because okay. you know I'm here for a good Brad Pitt call out. So, so which one okay. do you want to use? So I think the one I want to go with... Um, because I don't feel like I know very much about Quentin Tarantino and I'm curious if he's just like a male fantasy hype man mm-hmm. and uh, if that's what this movie will feel like. I'm going to go with this review uh, that is six out of ten, a brilliant filmmaker with very little to say. I think that's kind of interesting. That's a very interesting way to phrase it because, yeah. 
that I mean, you'll see in the movie, but I always thought that this was a movie saying a lot. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right, so very. Uh, this is by Boromiot. Boromiot. All right, very entertaining. That's for sure. Great little moments inspired by other movies, The Guns of Navarone, Operation Crossbow, and a myriad of 70s B exploitation Italian movies. Tarantino is certainly clever, knows how to use the camera, but then I have to say it, nothing. The childish divertimento dressed in smart-ass dialogue remains there. The entertainment value is perhaps the most one should expect from a movie, but it seems a damn shame that such a talent should be put at the service of something so one-dimensional. I can't help but remember Ernst Lubitsch's To Be or Not To Be. That was also a comedy with remarkable inventive dialogue, but it also had so many other layers that To Be or Not To Be, after 70 years, still resonates with whoever has seen it. Christoph Waltz is terrific, and Brad Pitt is always great fun to watch, but the experience is purely epidermic, in spite of some truly gruesome moments. Am I expecting oranges from an apple tree? If that's so, forget what I've just said and run to meet Tarantino's bastards. It sounds like somebody writing a column for like a local newspaper where they have like a certain number of words, words. to like fit in. Or and somebody who really just wants to brag about the fact that they know a lot of uh, 70s B exploitation Italian movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Um so interesting. Yeah, but I'm I'm interested in the like idea of is Tarantino all gruesome flash and no substance. Mm. Yeah, all shock and awe. So there's this movie. I would say this movie, Django Unchained, and his most recent movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, all fall into a category of. Uh, semi-historical like fiction mm-hmm. like a uh, alternate historical mm-hmm. film yeah um i do think i have this idea of tarantino movies being overly long is that mm. does that that ring true as like this could have been yeah i cut think down a bit i mean kind of i think the the way I would phrase it is a like if an average movie is an hour 30 to an hour 45, mm-hmm. like Quentin Tarantino's average movie is two and a half. Yeah, 220, 230. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I think there's just a different, it, it none of his movies hit the familiar beats of movies movies (laughs) right like Uh it's paced completely differently and and there's scenes like so that was that was one of the big critiques of the most recent star wars film that it was plot 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 with no scenes there was no extended characters talking in a space Mm -hmm. and um tarantino like this whole film thinking about it it's like it's one two three four there's maybe like 12 scenes yeah and like that's the whole film you know Mm -hmm. it's a film told in 12 scenes yeah It's, it's not you know this like very like long continuous 
thing. Um, and each scene is given the proper time to like fully develop yeah. and play out. So I think that, that that's, yeah, that's the one of the differences. Okay. Does that answer your question? <laughs> uh, I mean, it gave some like creative justification, but as you know, Mm-hmm. I'm interested in like, what does it feel like sitting there watching it? Does it feel like I'm sitting there for two hours yeah. and 20 minutes? Because um, I'm fine with sitting there for two hours and 20 minutes if it doesn't feel like two mm-hmm. hours and 20 minutes. Like Reservoir Dogs, I don't think is is over two hours. Yeah, the fact that I remember so little about Reservoir Dogs is kind of concerning me. <laughs> about like like maybe he's just not as much of like a plot guy as i want movies to be because i literally can remember absolutely nothing about the plot so it's reservoir dogs so reservoir dogs starts in action um somebody like they they just finished a robbery and mr orange has been Mm -hmm. shot in the stomach and they know that somebody gave them up. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find out who the rat is. But they don't know who. And they're trying to figure out who the rat is. So that's the basic plot. Reservoir Dogs. And then there's split chronology once you find out who the rat is. Because it's like an undercover cop. And mm-hmm. it's like going back and forth yeah. with that. But it all all of the scenes like concurrently take place in the warehouse where they're hiding. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you don't remember any of that? I really don't. I honestly don't remember anything. Except for besides the diner the, scene. It starts the with the dancing. diner scene. It's the only thing that I remember. Um all right. Well, if you want to watch along <laughs> with us, unless you have any more questions for me. No, no. All right, well, if you want to watch along with us, go ahead and pull out Inglorious Bastards. Pause here, and we'll be back in two hours and 20 minutes. All right, we are back. It is now dark outside. <laughs> the day two has hours changed. and 30 minutes later. 35 minutes later. <laughs> um. Yeah, so if you did not watch along with us, uh, Baby K, why don't you go ahead and recap what Inglorious Bastards was about? All right, Reader's Digest version of Inglorious Bastards. Um, so it is a uh, al- alternate history World War II movie, as we discussed beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the opening scene opens, the opening scene opens, mm-hmm. uh, and you told me off camera that this was one of your, off camera, <laughs> off mic, this is one <laughs> of your favorite um, opening scenes, was a good opening scene, opens with um, a Jewish, a French Jewish family uh, being discovered under the floorboards of their dairy farming neighbor. Um, they are sniffed out by a great Jew detective mm-hmm. uh, played by Christoph Waltz. Had not heard of him before, but he is in this. Does a good job. 
the only survivor is the daughter Shoshana. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes the uh, years later. She becomes the proprietor of a cinema. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not sure how. Is that ever explained? How she got her cinema? I mean, she she says that it's be her was left to her by her aunt and uncle. So who knows? Maybe that's true. I don't know. Maybe she murdered somebody to get their cinema. Because she has a long con, as you'll discover later. <laughs> well, she didn't start out getting the cinema with the for the purposes of a long con. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Guess that's true. Uh, so she's getting her cinema ready. Uh, mm-hmm. We are also introduced to a gang of Nazi hunters uh, who are, that is their purpose. Mm -hmm. I was wrong about that. Yeah. So Brad Pitt has put together a ragtag bunch of Jews uh, and trained them in Nazi hunting and scalping (laughs) as part of a, like, fear tactic, like guerrilla warfare. Basically. A little red dawn. Yeah, just, just inciting, yeah. Just terror inciting the... terror and confusion in uh, the Third Reich. Um, so this group is happening, and they are putting together a plot uh, to kill some Nazis at the premiere of a propaganda film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this propaganda film is going to be shown at Shoshana's cinema. She also begins putting together her own plot to kill these Nazis and get her revenge. Uh, in the end, all these three groups are all these different groups, people who you've been following throughout the story, all come into the same place. They're at the cinema. Uh, the Nazi, the, the Jew sniffer is there. The Nazi hunters are there. And Shoshana, the cinema proprietor, are there. Hijinks ensues. Um, the Nazis are all burned alive uh, uh-huh. in Shoshana's cinema. She herself is killed uh, by her Nazi lover. Well, <laughs> want to be lover. Her wannabe lover, her like stalker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by her Nazi stalker and her unrequited mm-hmm. <laughs> love. Uh, and the Jew sniffer is strikes a deal with Brad Pitt and his gang of Nazi scalpers, and it ends with Brad Pitt carving a very deep swastika <laughs> into his forehead. And that's the movie. Yeah, you <laughs> nailed it. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I nailed the synopsis, but I, I didn't do very good on my predictions. Like yeah. I, I guess the gang that that Brad Pitt puts together is kind of like more of what I was thinking, just like this ragtag little bunch of mm-hmm. wooby <laughs> guys. What's a wooby? Just like, you know, we <laughs> You know. <sighs> just just unremarkable fellows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noodly John Krasinski types? No, no. Oh, okay. No, do not <laughs> even lump in. <laughs> That's like lumping in Leo and R. Kelly. <laughs> That's how far <laughs> off that is. 
<laughs> I seem to remember somebody. I'm sorry, Leo. I shouldn't have lumped you in. I just think you're making some self-destructive <laughs> choices and you should seek therapy. He's going uh, through something. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what are your thoughts on... on uh, should we go through the rest of my predictions first? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So, but uh, Brad Pitt is, though, like expressly a nazi hunter <laughs> yeah um so didn't get that part right uh um, he's also not jewish he also isn't jewish uh he is southern <laughs> yes he is southern uh bj novak was not a nazi he was a jew surprise uh, <laughs> i mean he's he is jewish i know but he just has such a he just has such a sinister vibe on screen. <laughs> Even in this role? <laughs> no, not in this role. <laughs> he did a good uh, job. I guess I just have like such a hard time separating him from Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard, yeah. Just such a plodding little. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I really liked the part when they're like, they call you the little man. He's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> little man. <laughs> uh, I thought that was good. Um, I didn't, I think I was conflating, um, there was another movie that came out around this time with, that also had to deal with Nazi hunting, uh, what was that one called, Valkyrie, Oh with yes. Tom Cruise, I think I was sort of conflating those two in my memory, mm. um, so I wasn't expecting, uh, such a like intentionally comedic comedically anachronistically stylized so mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of adjectives but uh yes. stylized film because i think i was like conflating those two it movies is, it is very much anachronistic uh-huh. on purpose yeah um so i think i was i wasn't expecting that i think because i was thinking of like the valkyrie trailers mm-hmm. <laughs> i was expecting a much more like serious nazi hunting movie um and that was not what it was i do after watching it though i do remember like a bunch of teenage boys in my high school going around being like punching nazis (laughs) like after that movie came Uh out i was like okay i remember this (laughs) this is ringing a bell now um yeah so i think that mostly covers my they were successful Mm -hmm. in in killing uh some nazis including hitler the most important nazi <laughs> and the big three underneath him mm-hmm. they did so goebbels garing and borbin i did get that part right they were successful yep. <laughs> in their mission uh but i think that was just about all of my uh predictions all right so did were there any moments that um you felt like from a script doctor <laughs> perspective that you thought like things could have been better if you made this change here this change there making this movie um i mean i'm still i'm still kind of interested in like a jonah hill led <laughs> version of inglorious <laughs> bastards <laughs> having seen it i i think that would be funny <laughs> i think that would, would only be. add to it um i i like that idea um, I don't know if I have any like specific script doctory things. Um, which I feel like that's pretty 
real to form for like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, I, like I just feel like it's very tight. Like mm-hmm. n- there was nothing left unexplained. Like all of the pieces end up fitting mm-hmm. together. Fitting there, together. There was no glaring like, like oh that like in Friends with Kids, like we discussed. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, yeah, like I couldn't really tell like where they fighting were they supposed to just be like Mm -hmm. that like we didn't get any insight into their relationship but we did for all the other couples and so but like that felt like a very obvious like Mm -hmm. spot where this movie could improve from a script Mm -hmm. yeah this isn't i i was wondering if it was going to be because i couldn't remember anything from Reservoir Dogs. Um, I was wondering if this was going to be uh, a more like meandering character study mm-hmm. type movie with like a very loose plot. And that is not the movie at all. It no. is of all plot. Yes. <laughs> plot, plot, plot. Very tight plot. Um, very one-dimensional characters. Yeah, very uh, like cartoony mm-hmm. characters. Uh, so yeah, like nothing... Shoshana is probably the only one that has like she's yeah. still one-dimensional. But, but even yeah, but that see, like, like their motivations yeah. are very like she's just like revenge, right? <laughs> for so even though she has the most uh, like meaningful motivations, they're still pretty simple motivations mm-hmm. totally uh your your brad pitt gang like they're just nazis because obviously <laughs> right <laughs> what else are you gonna do <laughs> um and the the christoph waltz character uh seems very much just like a like a climber like i'm really good at this so i'm gonna like kind of climb where i can here mm-hmm. looks like this might be wrapping up better uh <laughs> secure a, a deal on the winning side yeah um so yes very very simple motivations uh from a character standpoint which i think is necessary when you're gonna have so much plot yeah absolutely uh what did you think so on specifically on his character um one thing a little note that i've always really enjoyed is like the movie starts at in like 1940 but it ends in like 1944 so like four years earlier he's talking in the opening scene to the french farmer and talks about the nickname that he's earned for himself and how much he likes being called that name and then I don't know if you caught it when he's talking mm-hmm. to BJ Novak about the the nicknames and they ask he asks him about his nickname and uh Christoph Waltz's character Hans Landa replies that like ah it's just a nickname that stuck like something has happened over those 4 years that and I think it might be the climbing cuz now he's like the head mm-hmm. like security person for the whole SS for this major event and like no matter how high he climbs he's still like only thought of in this one way but mm-hmm. i always thought that that was a really interesting like little decision to have him like disgruntled about this yeah. thing that uh-huh. he seemed to be so proud of he's a he's a disgruntled employee of hitler's yeah. <laughs> uh, which i guess goes to show Gonna like work for the rivals <laughs> like his lack of uh 
lack of moral compass. Yeah, you know? he's, he's not a true believer right. in, you know, Hitler's struggle. He's, <laughs> he's a climber. <laughs> yep. So I, when I told you that the movie won one Oscar, what now do you think that Oscar was? I'm still going to go for cinematography. It was Best Supporting Actor. Oh, for who? For Christoph Waltz. Oh. So, yeah. He was considered the supporting actor? I know. I would have considered him... I was thinking about that as I was watching <laughs> the movie because I didn't realize that like Brad Pitt is the only person listed on the front of the box mm-hmm. until you pointed that out. That I was like, in my mind, Brad Pitt is, is the supporting like, the third, third or fourth yeah. most important character uh-huh. in this whole... Yeah, I, I would have thought it felt framed more as Christoph Waltz characters. Or Shoshana. Yeah, you or know, Shoshana's. As being like the main character. Uh-huh. As being the main character. Yeah, I, w- I would have seen. Yeah, I would have uh, considered Brad Pitt. Uh, was he nominated? He nope. wasn't right now. Okay. So huh. I believe this was Christoph Waltz's first uh, his foray debut. into yeah, like American films. Is he a... What is he? German. German. Yeah. He's a, a German film star. And I think he, yeah, I think he ma- mainly did like German comedies. Interesting. So, yeah. I could see him being in like a, a German version of like the play that goes wrong. Yes. <laughs> He's so expressive. That seems very fitting for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, now, I guess I have two questions. Okay. One is this Brad Pitt at his least fit? In in the worst shape of his life. <laughs> I don't know. However, that <laughs> IMDb review. I think the worst the worst the worst shape ever is how the IMDb review put it. Um you know, I didn't get very many good looks at at Brad Pitt's bod in this film. Yeah. To uh, comment on his on his shape. You know, what'd you think of never explaining how he got this massive neck scar? That's just like a character trait. It's just a character trait. <laughs> once, once I realized uh, how that we were in like a different movie than I thought we were gonna be in. When I thought we were in the more Valkyrie style movie, mm-hmm. thought that was gonna definitely be like his motivation. Like he, yeah, has like some sort of personal vendetta against like the Christoph Waltz character related <laughs> to this neck scar. Um, uh, once it became clear that that was not the movie we were in, then it's like, oh, okay, this is just like uh, a cartoony, like, right, <laughs> just provides this air of mystery mm-hmm. to like, if I remember correctly, and this is very unimportant, but um. The name and glorious bastards, um, similar to like Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. um, is like stolen from something mm-hmm. else. So Reservoir Dogs, the name is stolen by from a French f- film mm-hmm. called like Le Reservoir Elephant mm-hmm. or something yeah, like I, that. Yeah, I think this is an, an Italian movie, right? That had the same name. Um, I and don't glorious know bastards. exactly. Yeah, is that why they had to spell it weird? Maybe bastards. Yeah. The, so, uh, whatever the name was borrowed from, if I remember correctly, that, like, it's because it's Quentin Tarantino, 70s 
B film, mm-hmm. um, exploitation film, that that original movie, like The Inglorious Bastards, were like a group of people that were like sentenced to be hanged, uh-huh. and then were like given a second shot to go on like suicide a suicide mission mm-hmm. instead of facing like the death penalty. So I think how is that better? Huh? How is that better? Because I, I guess there's a chance that you live. That you escape that, <laughs> before that you, your suicide mission? Well, no, that you, you go on the suicide mission, and, like, if you complete the mission, you're off free. Like, that would be the that would be the idea there. Okay. But anyway, I think that that's just paying homage to the, yeah. mm-hmm. to the title that it was taken from. Hmm. So, anyway... <laughs> On to the other IMDb review, not just Brad Pitt's physical fitness. <laughs> uh, Which was only in the title, but the review itself didn't really have anything to say. So not sure what was going on there. <laughs> Maybe the reviewer uh-huh. was just feeling a little tubby that day and had to take it out. Take it out on Brad Pitt. So so what did the other review say, say again? Uh, the other review was the one that was like brilliant director with nothing to say. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about that? Um, in in a way, I agree. Mm-hmm. Of like, this movie was extremely entertaining and like fun to watch and fun to look at. Um, but like, I I get what the reviewer is saying of like. This doesn't add any richness to the catalog of like World War Two art, <laughs> like art mm-hmm. pieces set against World War Two. You know, there's nothing meaningful really to derive from this. This is no mm-hmm. Victor Frankl. No life is beautiful. Like this isn't <laughs> what this is. But also, I feel like if I had known more about Quentin Tarantino, I wouldn't have been expecting that. Right anyway like (laughs) like i think for me like the thing that quentin tarantino wants to first and foremost get across in every one of his movies is how much he loves movies like that's the most Mm -hmm. important thing is like a love of cinema yep it's that you definitely get like cinema has the power to bring us all together to fight the nazis exactly so (laughs) i think that's the whole point in this movie is like through the power of cinema, we can see like Jews be the one to mm-hmm. conquer the Nazi party. Yeah. And like, that's which, the rewriting if, of uh-huh. history, which if, if we go that far, then I would have to push back on that. Cause I don't feel like there's anything like meaningfully Jewish about the Jewish characters in this movie. Like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're being <laughs> like, they're, they're just normal people. I think uh-huh. that's partially the point. Like, but like, they're not really given. They're not like none true of the World ju- War Two Jews. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> none of them are also like they're not even like the top, like three of most. Well, I guess Shoshana is Jewish, but like the the like band of Jewish people that like of of Jewish guys that like Brad Pitt has put together. Like none of them is really given mm-hmm. much of a character. Um, sure. So like Shoshana is really the only. I would say Jewish person uh, mm-hmm. who like really has a a character in the movie. Um, 
So I'm not sure I would go as far as to say that like sure. this puts like gives the power to the Jews <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> rewrite them in like a powerful way. I, I think mm-hmm. not to like put words in Quentin Tarantino's brain or anything, but I think the like power of cinema to destroy the Jews, uh, to destroy the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take that out. Take that out. <laughs> Cut that out. The power of cinema to destroy the Nazis is like the idea he's much more interested in sure. than like the power of Jews to destroy the Nazis yeah. through cinema. Yes, um, yes, totally. Yeah, is more what he's wanking off to. Um, <laughs> sorry, is that inappropriate? That's just a weird way to phrase it. <laughs> I don't know. Like his movies feel very. Um, I mean, of like what I remember of Reservoir Dogs and seeing this movie, it's very like a, a like young boy, like revenge. I don't want to say porn, but like <laughs> revenge porny style plot of like, yeah, I'm going to go kill some Nazis. Mm-hmm. There's going to be like a beautiful movie star there uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. who is my accomplice. Um yeah, I think, but you know that that's part of like the fun of it. But I guess that's <laughs> yeah. I think you're onto something there with like the the power of cinema to destroy the Nazis because I think it is very much like like something that is very important to Quentin Tarantino is like uh like in very intentionally like remembering racism. <laughs> Like in like the mm-hmm. like the idea, while I don't fully agree with with it put forward in the movie, is like like that like if you're a Nazi, like you're branded for life. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point of putting the swastika scar mm-hmm. into their forehead very explicitly. It's not like a hidden message here. Yes, no, like, not at all. Like very explicitly, if you didn't didn't watch the movie, like they the ones they let survive they put a swastika on their forehead and tell them this is because when the war is over, I don't want anybody that knows you to not know that you were mm-hmm. a Nazi. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, I find myself like having to push back against my own excitement about that. And I don't know if that's necessarily his intention. I think he wants you to be excited oh, yeah. about that idea. He definitely wants you to um, be excited about that idea. And like, and like, it's easy to get excited about because you're like, like how many Nazis like get got away with things. Mm-hmm. In, in, yeah. In, in, and... But but I find myself like at the end of the day, like the tribunals for the Nazis was a far more important thing than every single person that was a Nazi being remembered as such, you know? Mm -hmm. So I find myself pushing it back against Uh it, but also in the moment you're like, that's pretty baller. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that seems to be like the characters that he's interested in like bringing to the screen. Like he doesn't want to show like, all right, this is how we're going to handle justice. We were going to like go through exactly. this. <laughs> like he wants to show the like rogue anti-hero who's like doling out their own, you know, frontier justice. And and I think in the face of I mean, this came out in like 2009, but like uh you know, like white nationalism has been around for 
ever. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't start yeah. with the Nazis, but it's continued straight on through to today. Uh, even though it's on, more on the forefront now than it was when this movie came out, is mm-hmm. what I was trying to say. Yeah. And um, so I do think there is something there that he, that he, like, through the power of film, wants to remind everybody that, like, like Nazis are bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he wants, and he wants you to feel it gutturally where you're like, yeah, like, like even if you ultimately realize you disagree with it for that moment, you go, yeah, they should be branded on their forehead so everybody can see, see? them. And then, but then you find yourself going, wait, that's kind of like what they did with Jews and like tattooing numbers <laughs> uh-huh. on them. Like, it was like, okay, wait, but no, maybe we need to be better than them. But <laughs> let's not brand people. <laughs> uh. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess finally, what are your thoughts? How did you like this movie? I liked the movie, I enjoyed watching it. Um, it, definitely like a fun movie to watch mm-hmm. visually if you're not put off by like moments. a cartoonish amount of violence. Well, <laughs> I, that, that's what I was going to say. Like moments of like extremely violent like things. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Which I think, I don't know if this is like intentional or just... 2009 mm-hmm. like it's it's not grotesque in a way that feels realistic it's totally it's grotesque in a way that feels like again like you know old b movies of just like the buckets of corn syrup yeah. you know flying around it feels more like that than uh than than violence that feels very uh real i guess it 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 feels kind of like playing a, a first person like shooter video game or mm-hmm. um the the part at the end where they're shooting Hitler and it looks like a Halloween mask. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. I don't know if that's just 2009 or if that's like a stylistic choice. I uh, think it's to, kind to of a choice. The violence in that way. Yeah, um, it makes it a little bit more palatable. Yeah. So if you're not put off by that, uh, I think it's a very fun movie to watch. It doesn't take a lot out of you mm-hmm. because. You know, the characters, like, have you seen Life is Beautiful? It's, a, it's another, like, World War II movie um, that's just so, like, emotionally draining. So this mm-hmm. doesn't have any of that that nope. baggage of World War II movie. The characters are also cartoony um, that you can just watch it and enjoy it, which I guess there is an argument of, like, should we feel that way about World War II movies? <laughs> should there <laughs> exist just, like, fun world war ii movies mm-hmm. i don't know that's another conversation i guess that's a great question because like have you seen saving private ryan i don't think so um well, maybe i've seen parts of when did that come out did that come out when we were like, pretty young yeah like, okay, I like think early I've seen 2000s parts. yeah i think i've seen parts of it so like i feel i feel very much the same way with saving private ryan of like like i find it i think it's a fantastic movie um, but the violence is portrayed in such a realistic way, in such a heavy way. Like when they storm the beach of mm-hmm. Normandy, um, like it's just, it's such a long scene. It's like 15 mm-hmm. minutes long and it's just brutal and slogging. And you're just, you just feel the weight of this. And you're like, like people did this. Uh-huh. <laughs> like this is insane. Um, 
yeah, the, this carries none of that weight no. with it, where, <laughs> where you just feel utterly like beaten down by mm-hmm. the weight of what's going on. So, yeah, purely fun. Purely fun. Yep. <laughs> how, how do you feel about should there be purely fun World War II movies? Like, should very traumatic things? Yeah. I think, I think, you, so you haven't seen Django Unchained either. Um, do you know what that's about? You don't have to go into specific guesses. This isn't the movie Is we're doing right now. Is it about slavery? Yes. Okay. So, um, which that's one I think we should watch too. Um, but in a similar vein, it's like, uh, can you think of another movie that's like, that like portrays like as a backdrop, a like culturally traumatic thing in such a purely fun way. I'm not sure I can think of like another example. I don't think so either, but I think that that, I think ultimately like I, if if I look at like this Django Unchained and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the most recent one, mm-hmm. all three of them are centering around very traumatic mm-hmm. things. And I think I already ruined what that is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for you. It's the Manson murders, right? Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, but I think like the way he approaches it, uh, like with this one, is like I feel reminded of like the horror or like the evil but feel like i'm on the good side like i think it it like puts you on the opposite side of evil mm-hmm. right so i think that that's kind of what it's doing it like it feels fun to defeat the to blow up a, a mm-hmm. cinema with 300 nazis inside yeah. mm-hmm. um now, ultimately, <laughs> upon reflection afterwards, you go, like, oh, I don't know if that, <laughs> like, was that war crimes? I don't really know. Yes. <laughs> That's I was, Definitely killing the surrendered uh-huh, soldiers. Yeah, that, when that happened, I, I was going to make a comment to you of, like, we're just going to end with some uh, casual war crimes? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, only in a fictitious world. And apparently now is war crimes not a big deal. <laughs> but usually every other year it seems to be a really big problem. Uh-huh. Um so anyway, does that make sense? Do you feel like that rings true? Like I, I don't feel like there is a duty to um like <laughs> I, I feel like there's something it, it's it's very like you have you seen the producers or just heard the music? Um, I've seen the move, the remake of the movie. I haven't seen the original one. Okay. Um, like, I feel like it's very springtime for Hitler. Mm-hmm. Like, like there, there's no responsibility to, to respectfully present the image of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, right? Mm-hmm. That like presenting them in a way where like, they you know their death is is like an enjoyable on-screen endeavor Mm -hmm. uh i feel like is like i don't think that there's a an ethical necessity to 
like I guess what I'm trying to say is like I feel like it purposefully undermines like the strength of Nazism, mm-hmm. similar to like springtime for Hitler. Like they they're like ah, you know that's the whole yeah. that's the whole mm-hmm. joke in the producers that they're making this thing that like how could anybody like this because it's a terrible musical and it's about the Nazis. But then it it turns that corner into like completely making fun of the nazis Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's that's more along the ledge that this is walking Mm -hmm. (laughs) as you put your yeah i'm I'm not sure how like i i enjoyed the movie watching it definitely Mm -hmm. just like on reflecting like is is like I don't get the same immediate gross reaction as like celebrities visiting like the Anne Frank house and like <laughs> posting like frivolous things to their social media. I don't get the same like immediate mm. like gross reaction of like how dare you put your weird like revenge porn fantasies <laughs> onto this mm-hmm. um onto this like really tragic part of history i don't feel that same like ew david like i don't feel that but you're wondering if you should yeah like i did i didn't have that knee-jerk reaction but on like upon saying like this is a really fun world war ii flick i was like Mm -hmm. that rings a little gross (laughs) like yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's a fair question Uh to ask Think that's like because i don't i also don't think i guess maybe i i do see the point of it like really uh like reducing like nazism to something that was like portraying something that was so obviously wrong that we're gonna portray it like comically like how mm-hmm. could anybody go along with this um but it also, I, I feel like the movie also didn't really get into the, like, like, it's really relying on you to already have the knowledge that Nazis are bad. Totally. If you were, like, in a vacuum, if we, like, conducted an experiment on our child where we, like, never let them out of the house, they never learned anything about the world, and then we showed them this movie and they had no concept of what Nazis were, like, the movie itself isn't really going to tell you tell why. you that nazis are bad <laughs> beyond this like personal vendetta that this one girl has on it mm-hmm. so it doesn't really make that point i guess maybe that's the the thing that feels weird the thing that feels <clears throat> weird but but i guess like you say it's just taking like a different yeah i think it's not showing you the horror it's 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 a want it's assuming you already know that nazis are bad <laughs> yeah and it's in reminding you that they're so bad that that bashing their head in with a baseball bat is like cool like <laughs> like, like like nobody finds that grotesque well i guess grotesque but nobody finds that like unwarranted <laughs> Unwar- yes <laughs> well it's like hmm, golf club um yeah so i i did like it but it I did, you know, as I sat here, kind of asked me that bigger question about just uh, kind of not not really the same thing. But have you seen it all about like, probably not, this wouldn't enter your <laughs> sphere. Um, but recently there's been some pushback of like pop, like popular, like wedding planning mm. websites 
um, pressure has been put on them to stop promoting venues in the south that like used to oh, be yes. slave no i have heard that. okay yeah so it kind of feels yeah. a little bit like that of the, like <laughs> the like slave plantation uh-huh. wedding venue yeah uh-huh of like putting something fun on top of something horrible um but yeah because this has yeah. more of a i think uh, yeah i think that's a, definitely a fine line to walk between mm-hmm. but I, th- I think that that uh, I feel like what makes the slave plantation like if somebody had a wedding where the sole purpose of the wedding was to draw attention to the fact that slavery was wrong, <laughs> then it'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, they totally can have this at a slave the plantation. Theme of our wedding <laughs> is slavery is, is wrong. Slavery is wrong. In case you forgot. <laughs> right like uh-huh. that would be a whole different thing, thing. yeah uh-huh. but it's yep. it's the fact that it'd be like or if the theme of your wedding was it was also like like one of those themed parties where there's gonna be a, a like revenge porn style <laughs> murder mystery party-esque thing mm-hmm. in in which uh the slave owners heads are bashed in with bats <laughs> a real performance <laughs> art piece uh, <laughs> uh yeah so that would be yeah that would that'd feel very different <laughs> then let us take our pictures of our wedding party in front of these slave cabins <laughs> on the other hand if you made um this movie and only focused on like the german actor and like his acting exploits and like you just centered it on that and never mentioned that they were Nazis and like mm-hmm. you know like then then it'd be like oh, that's that's a, that's a really weird it's a weird choice that's, yeah it's weird to like avoid the fact that they were all Nazis mm-hmm. that's uh, interesting if it was purely focused on this uh, this disgruntled bureaucrat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his his story of overcoming his loss like mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep so I, I did like it though overall all right I, I don't think i would like gravitate towards watching it again sure i didn't but i didn't really think that this would be like a a rewatch all the time mm-hmm. kind of movie yeah i always my like holy grail of movie is like the movie i want to pull out when i'm sick on the couch yeah won't be pulling this out no but no. i did enjoy it <laughs> like this is a movie that i absolutely love and i haven't seen it in years mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is it's a yeah. it's a slog like this it's in my opinion it's incredibly well written mm-hmm. beautifully shot but like, that that opening scene is just like such a great introduction to the character. Mm-hmm. Like the first time you see it, you're not really sure what's going on. And then the camera goes to under the floorboards and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. and then it's like, I did think that guy gave in too easily. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I am, I'm not an anti milk person. Like I'm not somebody who like intentionally avoids drinking mm-hmm. cow milk. But I was kind of grossed out by how much he liked milk. Yeah, like just like the scene of him just like slurping down a whole glass of milk in like one breath was just kind of gross. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh I don't like that. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe it's because it was in that like glass carafe. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see milk in a glass carafe, I assume it's like warm milk, and nothing grosses me out more than the room idea temperature of milk. room temperature milk. <laughs> yeah, it's really disgusting. That's true. Fitting for a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to ratings. Where would you? What would you rate this? And then where would you place it on your big board? Um, I give this movie a, hmm, (laughs) on my, like, overall as a movie scale, I'm going to give it, I wish we kept track of what I give another (laughs) movie. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. In watchability or in overall okay my overall is a seven and my watchability i'm gonna have to break it down even further like first time watchability i would give it like a 10 i was very engaged throughout the whole thing <laughs> and then rewatch my rewatchability is like a one i'm probably never gonna pick this movie up again <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> your first time watching it is amazing 10 out of 10, but you'll never want to watch it again. <laughs> That's so funny. I just like, I'm a character gal. Yeah. I, I want more character totally. for movies that I'm going gotcha. to watch again and again. Um, I, I would be much more into uh, watching a movie that had a lot less plot and a lot more character, character as far as rewatchability. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so where would you put it on the board? Your board is currently Star Wars, mm-hmm. Snowpiercer, okay. Inception, The Matrix, hmm. Fight Club. Okay. Did you did you put Snowpiercer under Star Wars? Or did you put it above Star Wars? I think I put it under Star Wars because I believe what I've sort of decided to tell myself about the board is like, if I'm going to somebody else and they haven't seen any of these movies, mm. like what is the most important one that they watch now? Like what is the one we're going to pull out first? Um, so I, I think I put, I guess if they haven't seen this movie, then it's true. It's going to be <laughs> it's 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, uh, <laughs> number one on the big board, <laughs> but I didn't break the other ones down that way. At all. <laughs> And it's it's average is brought down by the low rewatchability score, because I think I do prefer to show somebody a movie they might want to watch again. Okay. Uh, I'm actually I can't remember now. You edited it more recently. Did I put? There was discussion, but I can't remember mm-hmm. how it how it landed. Do you want me to pull it up? I think we should start keeping track of this. So I was gonna change it on the board, but I didn't. Because I was incorrigible. Like, well, I was like, it's like my handwriting. I don't want to in- intermix yeah. the handwriting. I guess it doesn't really matter because it's not going to, whatever the top two are, it's not infiltrating those two. So we can okay. <laughs> move on. Um, so where it, I, where I immediately feel it goes is around the inception point of the movie so the top two are staying the same yeah top two are staying the same but then we'll go i'm i'm having to think you, though you've got this inception in the matrix and yeah. then i'm uh, i'm guessing 
Fight Club remains at the bottom. Oh, yes. Fight Club remains <laughs> down at the bottom where it belongs. Um, <laughs> did I... I'm trying to think if I liked Inception more than this. Is it a better movie overall? Similar attention to detail in the, like, cinematography and the, like, visual show. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to rank this a little higher because it's just not at... Inception, which wasn't as tight mm-hmm. as this. And I think I do like, I don't know. I had a lot of world questions in Inception yep. that, which I like a good, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> built up world. But I think there were some holes in the world building of like, like, for instance, I was asking myself, like, is Ellen Page a real architect? Is she a dream architect? Is this a world where there's a bunch of dream architects all going to a dream architect right. school? And like, <laughs> I had lots of questions like that, that, <laughs> um, yeah. that I feel like Quentin Tarantino would never let me have those questions. <laughs> he, he wouldn't leave me hanging like yeah, that. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino's uh, movies are a tight little box that you open up and enjoy and then close it. And, and everything, everything's all in the box. <laughs> Everything you need is all in the box. All in the box. Yeah. It's like a meal kit. It is. HelloFresh, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is the HelloFresh. Fresh of movies. <laughs> um, I do like Leo a lot more than Brad Pitt, though. This is a real conundrum. Well, Django Unchained has Leo in it. so oh, okay. Maybe we should watch that one first. <laughs> so these will remain tied until you no, watch Django Unchained. No, no. I, I think I'm gonna put. I think I, oh, I'd love Ellen Page though too, but I had so many questions, Ellen Page. But that wasn't Ellen Page's fault. That wasn't Ellen's fault. I think I am gonna put this in number three. All right. All right. Knocking down Inception, The Matrix, and Fight Club for my new number three in Glorious Bastards. Ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember which episode we did that on it might have been the last episode <laughs> as, as, as i was editing it I, yeah. I was laughing i was like oh we got to bring back the air horns what do you think the so i remember you probably have a better memory of this as a teen boy when this came out or a 20 year old boy mm-hmm. um but i remember like all the boys in my high school like really liking this movie uh was did you like have a a similar experience of like this came out and there was a period of time where they were all just talking about punching nazis yeah so this came out and like my close friends were all really into like we were all Mm -hmm. quentin tarantino fans so like we were Mm -hmm. all looking forward to this movie coming out because we all liked Reservoir yeah. Dogs Doesn't and matter Pulp what Fiction. It is. You're gonna go right, see exactly. a Tarantino movie. Okay, gotcha. So, um, but because I was in college at a small Christian Bible college in the Midwest, <laughs> there weren't a lot of Quentin Tarantino fans. fans? Uh, okay. Um, but I did talk my a couple of friends into going with into you. going with me, and they were like pretty stoked about it. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I'm just like one. I'm curious what the like reception would be if this movie was released now. Mm-hmm. Nazis are just so much more present. In a yeah, weirdly. In a, in a we weirdly Nazis are way play a way bigger part in our lives now than they did in 2009. Right, in a decade ago. Uh, 
Weirdly, Nazism having a comeback. I just saw a uh, an article about a man in either Georgia or Florida. I mean, either one plausible. Mm-hmm. Who found out that his neighbor was Jewish and so bought a Nazi flag and has been flying it outside of their house and refuses to take it down. It's like, what? What? What, are you what doing? kind of weird trash people are these? <laughs> like, this isn't like what? Why? What? It's so confusing. So these are the people who went to see Glorious Bastards and thought it was for Hans Landa. <laughs> yeah, thought it was a tragic story of, <laughs> uh, of some some of, bright military minds' lives cut short <laughs> by terrorists. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just so weird how. Yeah, maybe Quentin Tarantino should make a another updated. Nazi, an updated Nazi movie. Maybe they won't have as cool as jackets as they did in this movie. The costume design was quite nice. Yeah, it was yeah. It, very good costume. Was the costume design one of the things it was nominated for? I can't mm, remember. I don't remember. Nope, doesn't look like it. Nope, wasn't. What were the costume nominees that year? So I remember the one thing I do remember most was that I was very upset that it didn't win best screenplay. That's that's the one that I always mm-hmm. feel like Quentin Tarantino probably wants the most. Yeah. Most what, for his what films. What years Academy Awards were these in? Two thousand nine or two thousand ten? Um, this was. Oh man, I thought it was going to take me to. There we go. The 82nd Academy Awards in March of 2010. So, okay, this was the year that Hurt Locker won Best Picture, Best Director, Best... um, Oh, Best Screenplay was... uh, So Best Original Screenplay was the Hurt Locker beating Inglorious Bastards, and Best Mm -hmm. Adapted Screenplay was um, Precious. Okay. This is the one that gave us all the jokes of based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> um, yeah, I still feel like oh, this was also your Avatar like, came out. <laughs> I never hear anybody talk about the Hurt Locker now. Like I saw it when it came uh-huh. out, and I thought that was a good movie, but it was not this good of a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was very offended by that. I but. mean, I haven't seen the Hurt Locker, but. I assume it wasn't fun at all. <laughs> I assume it was. It was very, is very uh, intense. It did a very good job. It won best sound mixing and sound editing. Um, it did a very good job of being very, very stressful. Uh huh. Which, for a movie about a military bomb technician, like that's about what you expect. What you expect, yeah. Um, I, the, I feel the like young... fun movies don't really get. The young Victoria won best costume design. So I don't remember seeing anything about that movie. Okay, does this change your mind? Stanley Tucci was in the same category as Christoph Waltz for this movie. For which movie? Uh, For The Lovely Bones. Oh, okay. Have you seen The Lovely Bones? I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as much as I love the Tucci. Uh, as much as I <laughs> This is one of two times there's been, is it two or is it three? Who won most recently in Best Supporting Actor? I can't remember. Anyway, it may be maybe three times, but these are the two times canonically mm-hmm. in my mind where I've walked out of a movie 
and said that person just won best supporting actor and it was this movie, this movie and the fighter yeah so anyway anywho uh, hopefully i cut a lot of that rambling bit towards the end <laughs> you got your big board updated you've got it all rated i'm really glad that you enjoyed watching it i was a little concerned that that you might hate it because of brad pitt yes he's really not that big a part of the movie <laughs> the, the one saving grace couldn't ruin it for me brad <laughs> no he he did a good job yeah he was fun yeah he was exactly what he needed to be yep he's just the the tough military commander that's with a wicked neck scar <laughs> got a wicked neck scar <laughs> Uh, all right well thank you for listening to the podcast hopefully you enjoyed the conversation hopefully you enjoyed the movie don't forget to like leave us a review and subscribe That's we're not a youtube channel YouTube, baby <laughs> leave us a review <laughs> go on to itunes or wherever your podcasts are yeah, your acquired podcatcher and Leave us a review, give us a star, or whatever mechanism that podcast player has <laughs> to show your approval. We thank Subscribe. you for it. <laughs> Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your friends that we're here for them about once every quarter. <laughs> we're going to try to get better. I'm sorry if you're a faithful podcatcher. Uh -huh. I feel like we've let you down. Dane, shout out to you. We're going to try to do better. And Ryan. And Ryan. Dane Our and Ryan. Our two most faithful our listeners our faithful listeners yeah we're gonna ramp up slowly we're gonna really try to get one out a month <laughs> um, um it's just a long recording process and it stinks to break it up over two days so it's true it's like you gotta have like a five-hour window to <laughs> record watch and a watch movie, a movie record again so yeah, but we're gonna try to do better for you because we appreciate you we do so we hope you enjoyed it, and good night. So, um, I just heard his fart. Goodness, did you fart on me? Yes. Ew. Gross. Can you oh. move him? Yes. You just heard his fart in the mic. Are you going to include that? <laughs> maybe, maybe a little. As a little uh, Easter egg at the end of the yeah. podcast, you just hear a little. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was Baby good. G that was a good one. That's what his sound like.